hello. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I'll ask you to finish a gulp of your, uh, your My blackcurrant squash. Apple. It's nice, that. It's a blackcurrant yeah. apple. Yeah, I think it is, yeah. Classic do. combo. Classic combo, yeah. yeah. Well, it's Tom, so... Another episode of the Memory Two Brain. Finally, at long last. Yeah, After yeah. I reckon the last episode it was probably August. I'd it, say yeah? I reckon it was about August. Yeah, yeah, yeah I haven't yeah. looked it up or anything. But so, right, what are we doing? Are we back, or is this like a one-off, or what's I going would... on? Well, I don't, I don't want to make all our fan. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> our dedicated fan base, our, our adoring listener. <laughs> oh shit! Okay, oh, well, Tom's. Uh, you right, Tom? I'm just wondering what we do about series. Seasons. Oh god, you're obsessed. I, well, you got. Why does everything have to be? You got to do something. Well, you got to fence it in, man. Why you got to fence me in? I'm going to say this is series five. Five? Yeah. Well, the really? last one, the last one we did was series four. How many episodes were there in series four? Episode four. Oh, which is fine. There were only three episodes in the previous one. Wow. So, and how many was series one? Like series one 20. was six. Oh. Series two was six. Sorry, series one was. 190. <laughs> uh, it goes from four episodes. It goes from episode four to episode 17. What? Oh, mate, they're all out of order on here. Oh, oh it's because I'm looking at my previously played list. You uh, Hang on. Right. So, yeah, series three was three episodes. Series two was seven episodes. <laughs> series one was 19 with a couple of specials. There we go. So, series five, episode one. <laughs> all right. There we go. What have you done in your break? <laughs> I've started another podcast. Yeah, yeah I know yeah. you have. Yeah, um, I'm not. I'm not going to go with a series thing on my own podcast. I don't care. It's all going to be series one. I like having series. I like. Yeah. Well, why, why do you have series? So it much? makes me feel like it's a thing, like a proper thing, a proper thing. Yeah, 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 right. Also, when we eventually release it on, you know, a nice CD, it's you know, oh, of course, like, like yeah, we're going to be up. very like series one is going to be like a big box set, and all the other series are just like. I reckon we'll have to do part series one, part one, and series oh, one, part right. two. Yeah, that's normally how they do like the last few of like a TV show. Yeah, we, we like to do things differently, don't we? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. No. What have you been doing, Tom? What have you um, been up to? I have been just living my life, living my <laughs> best life, mate. <laughs> how, how have you been living your best life? Well, what have I? What can I report in terms of nerdery? Um, I have been doing some more making. I've been experimenting with 3D printing Ooh. and with sculpting. So there's some stuff to talk about there. I have uh, watched a lot of films. What films have you watched? What films? What, uh, what in the last... Every, well, since August. Is this all, every, every film you've watched. I see what I have been watching a lot recently, which we could talk about, is I've been revisiting a lot of the Monty Python stuff recently. Oh, right, okay. Had, yeah. uh, Terry Jones sadly passed away yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Good way to start a new podcast is talk about something genuinely upsetting and sad. Oh, man, it's yeah, very it's upsetting, scared. isn't it? Yeah. Um, where what's your relationship with Python like? Oh, I love Monty Python. Yeah, like surely sort of everyone who's into comedy, yeah, loves has even if you don't. Because again, it's not perfect, is it, Monty Python? No, but that's not the point of it. It's how like just what it did. <sighs> yeah, the Winslet is how like. And it's a sketch show, so it's going to have... It's hit or miss. That's it's how it's it hit goes. or miss, yeah. And, you know, they're not all going to be gold. So have you been watching Flying Circus? No. I what have, have seen very few episodes of Flying mm. Circus. I, I think I've seen, like, some best of compilations, and that's about it. Mm. But there are four seasons of it, are there? Four or five? I'm just drinking some iron brew. Um, I think there's four. Oh, that's it's the, the four f- alarm. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, no, oh, we're back. <laughs> I've not watched a lot of the Flying Circus, but I have obviously. So seen what have you been watching recently? So we uh, so watched Life of Brian. 
Yeah. Now, I don't think I'd ever appreciate how good that film was. It's before. unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. Well, I've got a sort of odd relationship with Python, right? So when I was about 15, I was sort of decided I should get into Python. So <laughs> I think I was big into collecting videos at the time. So yeah. I just was got a couple of their tapes and watched those. But I started the film I watched first of all. Do you want to know where I came in at? Gone and now for something completely different. Oh, okay. Which is not a good film. No. So if you don't know, it's they just basically refilmed a lot of their TV sketches for an American audience. Yes. Yeah. And it's just not very good. Mm. So I started with that, and I was aware that it wasn't very good, but I was also in that sort of young teenage mo- mode where I was like, oh, but I should like it, so I'm going to pretend that I like <laughs> it. So I used to sort of pretend that I enjoyed it when I actually didn't. And then that kind of meant that I didn't really investigate much other, uh, much else, much more of their stuff. Cause so I when did I didn't you? Like it. When did you like so watch it was the more sort of when I went to uni and I met people that did like it. So then I, when I, you know, I'm a bit older, I watched things like Life of Brian and Holy Grail and things like that. I think actually maybe a little bit younger than that, sort of late teens, early. What 20s. was the first like one you watched where you thought, oh, okay? Well, I think probably it's still my favourite of their. Um, things yeah is live at the hollywood bowl i think when i watched that i just suddenly thought oh yeah you know what yeah Yeah. this is fucking this is actually very fucking good good, but um i think it's i keep saying it's similar to the beatles okay where like it's a bit of a cliche to talk about how good the beatles are but there's but there's a reason why exactly but then you don't talk or certainly i don't talk about how much i love the beatles because it's sort of they're the beatles you know it's obvious (laughs) that they're amazing but if you just if you stop and think about what they what they did or you a song comes on and it catches you off guard you suddenly have this crashing moment of like no they're fucking incredible (laughs) yeah um and i think it's a similar thing with python for me like i forget how great they are and then when you watch Oh, for me, it's Life of Brian. Life of Brian is so good. Do you know what? Yeah, and I think I, I always liked it, but it was watching it recently. I really appreciated like how fucking good that is. It's clever. It, it is. could have been written yesterday. It yeah. could have been written, which is sort of depressing, but the whole thing with Front of Judea thing <laughs> yeah. could be written about the current state of the left. You know, <laughs> yeah. nothing has changed since they made that film, yeah. which is appalling. But yeah, really, really clever. So I've, I've rewatched Life of Brian. Um... I've rewatched The Meaning of Life. Yeah, I really like that. Which I'm a very yeah, big I fan really of. Uh, you know, a lot of people are quite down on it, but there's some fucking great stuff in that. I really like the, the, the sex education scene. That's very it, good, like yeah. The bit that um, when it came on, I had completely forgotten about, but I remembered I absolutely adored, is like when they have the middle of the film yeah. and they play Find <laughs> the Fish and Terry Jones is has got those sort of elongated arms yeah. and he's tickling Graham Chapman with them. And it's, yeah, that is... <laughs> Beautiful, I think I love that, and you know, that's sort of Reeves and Mortimer level of thing that I love, you know. Yeah, yeah, the silliness, yeah. So, yeah, rewatch that. I've watched a lot of the documentaries about them, which are really nice. Oh, yeah, the the truth almost. Have you seen that? Is that the one where they put a lot of stuff on Netflix? Of like, last yeah, year, it's before, all on Netflix, all yeah. But the, 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 the that is really good because it's a you know, proper nice deep dive about how it came about. Yeah, I might have to watch that. I've not seen it. You yeah. should watch it definitely. There's some nice stuff in that, and what's really nice about it is just how much they all genuinely like each other. Yeah. Because something like that, you 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 know, like the anthology, to, get, to bring it back to the Beatles anthology, yeah. there's a lot in there about how they fell out and how yeah. they weren't getting on and about yeah. how John wrote this song about Paul and Paul wrote this song about John. <laughs> yeah. But the Pythons all just really like each other. You yeah. Know? I think they all, every single one of them, at some point during that documentary, got called the best performer in Python by another <laughs> yeah, member of Python, yeah. you know? 
Um, well, we're going to make it back to something quite sad, but there was the Michael Palin interview after Terry oh, Jones God. died, and it was heartbreaking. Just the love you could tell, how the love he had for him. And but I think you know, if you yeah. if you were going to find a positive in that, it, it is that you don't often see a man yeah, yeah. talking about another man like that with that sort of um, affection, affection, yeah. saying he was going to miss giving him a cuddle, yeah. and like yeah. that was very sweet very yeah. sweet but oh yeah. my god yeah oh my god mm. really sad really sad but in like i think what monty python did was like so important really like yeah. for comedy you think everything is sort of informed by it to an extent yeah you know i think so yeah, yeah. i think there's you know you can trace the seeds back of almost everything particularly British back yeah. to python i think no, so maybe not just necessarily python but that era in general so like yeah um, Peter Cook and Dudley Moore and you know, all the, you know that sort of era yeah and I think Python is just I think Python probably was the best of the bunch but also we're lucky enough that someone thought to archive it yeah because there's a good bit in the documentary where they talk about um, how the BBC would film stuff on tape they would, they would record over yeah. tape so yeah. just wipe it so there's loads of Peter Cook and Dudley Moore stuff that just doesn't exist it's like anymore. episodes of Doctor Who isn't it yeah, like, just yeah. gone forever gone. they re-recorded over it and uh, Dad's Army as well right yeah that's right didn't yeah. they just do a thing recently where they recreated them with like a different cast that's right they used yeah. the scripts but uh, yeah. it was one of the Terry's I think it was Terry Jones found out they were going to do that so he bought the tapes off the BBC and kept them in his attic yeah. and that's why we still have episodes of Flying Circus and obviously they went on and made their films as well which yeah. are going to be archived um, yeah. well there is a Beatles yeah. connection there because didn't George Harrison produce Life of Brian it did. he's in it he's, he's in, in it, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Times. yeah he produced it and um, then you had Eric Idle and Neil Innes did the Ruttles the Beatles yeah of course and all yeah. someone else who died recently as well. oh yeah. yeah Neil Innes um, was a big fan of as well yeah. um, he does some great stuff in Live at the Hollywood Bowl do you remember mm. that very well? I've not watched it in a long time. We used oh, to have it on really video. Funny. It's just so, so funny. But yeah, Neil Innes does um, he, Urban Spaceman. Yes. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, How yeah. Sweet to Be an Idiot. Yeah, I like yeah. that song a lot. Mm. Um, so there we go, the Pythons. What, what would you say is your favourite Python sketch? Or song? Mm. Could you do song? I quite like song. Is it medical love song. Yeah, yeah, that is of your foreskin, foreskin reminds me of your, your smile. smile. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's a good one. That's a good one. I every sperm is sacred. I mean, like that's that. another yeah, yeah, level. That stuff. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I really like. Uh, there's just a short one that I think it's Gilliam sings called "I've Got Two Legs." Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. From yeah, my hips yeah. to the ground, yeah. and when I move them, they walk around. Yeah. That's good. Uh, I like the universe song as well. The universe. Oh, what is it? Um... I know if it's on, I can do it word for word, <laughs> but I can't think how it's how it starts. Uh, oh, you know the one where it's like uh, our galaxy itself contains a hundred billion stars. It's a hundred thousand light years uh, side yeah. to side. Yeah, yeah. It bulges in the middle, eighteen thousand light years thick, but out by us, it's just six thousand light years wide. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But apparently, everything in every fact of that song is wrong. Amazing. What else have you been doing on your little? Uh... Um, well, I've been recently been getting back into a bit of tabletop RPG and stuff. Oh, right, yeah. So we've been uh, talking with friend of the show, Ash Frith, oh, a friend of his. Our biggest fan. <laughs> Big, our only fan. About <laughs> uh, getting into Pathfinder. Yeah. So, because there's normally a lot of negativity. Oh, from me, mostly. No, no, it's not just you. Other, <laughs> other people that I've talked to, yeah. particularly people I used to play D&D with, always used to be quite negative about Pathfinder. Why is that, Rob? I think it's because it's from an era, it's a spin-off of 
3.5? Yeah, I think it was 3.5. Which is an era of D&D that isn't... Oh, shit, sorry. Watch out for the tripod, mate. I'm just Um, moving a block into place. (laughs) An era of D&D that isn't sort of the best. Okay, what was wrong with it? I think it got away with a lot of the sort of role-playing elements Mm -hmm. and became much more of a crunchy, rules-based, almost like skirmish-level miniatures game. Okay, okay. And a lot more inspired by computer games. Really? I think, anyway, yeah. You think... So wait, when would that have been? What year would that have been? Ooh. We talking 80s? Oh, 90s? No. Oh, no. Oh, 2000s. No. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't realise. Oh, yeah, because Pathfinder is only 10 years old, yeah, isn't yeah. it? Yeah, So um, we're actually talking about, like, D- 2009. D and D 3.5. I assume it was older than that. No, it was... Um, I don't know what classes they are, mate. Because <laughs> Pathfinder's on the second edition now. And the second edition, I'm leafing through it now, was released last year, August last year. So mm. the second edition's very new, and I knew it was 10 years. Um, okay, the so here is the version history of Dungeons & Dragons. So okay. The first edition of Dungeons & Dragons was 1974. Yep. Advanced Dungeons & Dragons was 1977. Okay. The first book for it, and it was between 77 and 79. Uh, yeah. God, there's so many different sort of... So Advanced Dungeon Dragons 2nd Edition was 1987. Okay. Wow, big big gap there. Then. Yeah. Um, that was a big one. Then 3.5 was 2003. Okay. So did Pathfinder split when D&D went to fourth? Was that when it split? I'm not exactly sure. Oh, here we go. It says about here. So, so yeah, fourth edition was 2007. Right. Um, it says here, although many players chose to continue playing older editions and other games such as Pathfinder, based itself on 3.5. So Pathfinder came out in 2009. Okay. So a couple of years after fourth. Yeah. Okay. So basically, because I've played 4th and I've played 5th. Mm-hmm. So 4th is not as crunchy as Pathfinder. I Again, I've not actually so played Pathfinder. I'm neither have I, but yeah. based on what I've read in the yeah. rulebook. Because I've been looking through the, the core rulebook for 2nd edition Pathfinder. Yeah. Tui. To me, what they like travel agents. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, a lot of the videos I've watched, but they just keep calling to it. To me, to me, to me. But um, it is very reminiscent of fourth. Yeah. But I think, um, like, I'm looking at the character sheet now. There's just so many boxes. Yeah, you I know. know. It's, uh, it's a bit much, isn't it? I don't know that it is because actually it's quite intimidating. But it's one of those things when you look at the way it actually works. I don't think it's as bad. What are you yeah, looking for? You I'm, I, was looking, I was looking for my copy of the Black Hat. To... Show you, uh... Yeah, because you like really stripped down ones, don't I you? I do. I like Rob was light yeah. games. See, because for me, I like a, I like a robust a crunchy, set. A crunch. It's not necessarily the crust, but I like the robustness of it because I okay. think I think a complex rule set um, makes me feel less like I'm just playing make believe, okay. and more yeah, like yeah. I'm playing a game. So I think I, I, my role playing experience is quite limited. I've done fourth, fourth and fifth edition D and D. Yeah, I've done Savage Worlds. I've done Explorers with you. Yeah, um, and I've done one of the Fantasy Flight games, the Zombie Outbreak one, where you play as oh, yourself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I've not played a lot of role playing games, but the stuff like Explorers and Savage Worlds, 
I don't feel like there's enough of a rule set. I would there. say I, I would say Savage Worlds is quite like rules heavy. But then there's not a lot of rules in combat, are they? Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's basically guess, just yeah. roll to hit, three wounds, things like that. Yeah. And, I, and I think games like that, the I struggle to play them and not feel like it's just sort of make believe. Do you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I need something to, that feels like a game, and and D and D I think does that quite successfully. But. Yeah, I get it, and like I always say about with like D and D, especially like these, like well any edition of it, I would never run it. I would never be the DM. Well, I quite enjoy playing in it. Yeah. You know, so like you're you want to run Pathfinder, yeah, for myself and Ash and yeah, I'm well up for you. I'm looking forward to it, and I'm yeah, I'm quite looking forward to playing it. Play just because it's not the sort of thing I like. I wouldn't bother buying that big book and learn the rules and run oh, that. You game. don't have to learn the rules, I do you? Don't, but oh yeah, it's just not the sort of the sort of game I would generally what? generally do. But you like skirmish games, I do. And you like role-playing games. I do. So why don't you like a role-playing game with skirmish I think because the skirmish games I like are very slick and fast-paced as well. More so than a what how like a heavy combat, like crunchy combat system in a role-playing game is. So I think about some of the skirmish yeah. games we've played, like, yeah, um, yeah, like uh, Frostgrave um, and yeah. Dead Zone, yeah. where... They're, they're, they're fast-paced. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas I find... The combat in some of the like role playing games too much. There's too many like abilities for the characters. You sort of there's a lot of like oh you've got this bonus and this and if I do this it reminds me of a video game. Do you think? Yeah. What video game are you thinking of when you think about that? You know those sort of turn based like RPGs like like an RTS real time strategy kind of thing. No 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 where it's like a um like Final Fantasy, yeah, well, yeah, that sort of thing. Maybe okay. where you're like, sort of, you've got all these special abilities and you've got all these things and you've got to do the right combos to get the best, like, amount of damage you could do. Uh, I see what you mean with with JRPGs and things like that. Yeah. I can see the crossover there, like thinking of stuff like Final Fantasy. But I think actually the, the like. Role playing with skirmish like rules. Yeah, you're tapping. I'm so sorry. <laughs> sorry. Uh, with stuff like fourth, fifth, and what I expect from Pathfinder after looking for yeah. the rule book, I think it feels a lot faster paced than it is. Because I think you can have a battle play out over like an hour. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like an hour. You know, it's that yeah. kind of thing where because you, you do your turn and then you're immediately planning your next turn at the same time as observing what's going on. Yeah. So, like, you know, it's not like as a DM you don't have to be familiar with all of the rules and all of the feats yeah. and things like that. That's the players. That's their yeah. management. So then, you know, what I like to do and what I will do when we run this is that you'll gain advantage if you already, if you have your turn ready by yeah, the time yeah, it yeah. comes around to you because I think that's a good incentive to actually be pre-prepared and yeah. thinking through your feats. So it's that I enjoy the strategic element of, right, well, if they take they're probably going to move away from that attack so then i can do an area of effect over yeah. here and then it's it's that thinking through stuff yeah I like. yeah i get that i think it's just a different experience it is a different experience the sort of role because i when i'm playing a role-playing game i like it it's basically like i'm creating a film in my head yeah yeah i get that definitely. and i think the combat in the sort of new at least like the, the big heavy like three 3.5 and stuff and pathfinder yeah. it's not cinematic Oh, I completely disagree with you. Completely. Mm. But I mean, I haven't played 3.5. Yeah, yeah. But based on 4th and 5th, it's very cinematic. I, For me, I think. 
because there is a there, there are systems in place that will allow you to do cool shit like yeah. you know if you wanted to plan a move out where you you know you run five feet and jump over a table yeah. and do a downward arcing swipe and then throw something at another um, yeah but there's monster. rules that dictate all of that isn't there Yes and no, but it's not like okay, are you running? Right, roll the dice for running. Okay, yeah, now you're yeah. gonna jump. Roll your dice for jump. It doesn't have to run like that, you know. It can obviously, yeah. but like it doesn't have to. And you can, like when I used to play regularly, we always had the rule of cool, yes. which I think comes from elsewhere. But it's yeah. you know basically, if a player wants to do something and it's fucking awesome and it's yeah, not yeah. something that is completely ridiculous, then you let it happen because it's good yeah. for the game, you know. And I think if you approach running it with a sense of cinema and a sense of big moments and fun then I think it can be fun I genuinely think it's because the first role playing game I played was Star Wars D6 yeah yeah. which is a system that is very much geared to making Star Warsy type encounters yeah 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 Yeah, I get that I get that and I think I've played that as well actually thinking about it with you and that was a really fun experience but I think what I thinking about it from as a game what i like is that there is a you have restrictions on what you can do so you have a limited you know amount of options which actually i think makes it more satisfying if you can find a way of using those options to your advantage and figuring out the best possible move from the options you've got i like that as a i guess it's just that that constant balance of being a game and being a storytelling yeah absolutely yeah Yeah. yeah yeah totally totally and there is, it's as well, you've got to manage that shift well between exploration and combat. You know, you've yeah. got to make sure that they're both engaging and fulfilling in very so different you, ways. So you were saying earlier on, you really like, you, your favourite thing about role-playing games is the combat. Um, I think I probably favour the combat. I really yeah. like the role-playing elements mm. and the the exploration side, but I think I enjoy the combat a lot more. Yeah. Because um because of that strategy element to it. But yeah. maybe that's maybe different games with different DMs I would enjoy the the exploration side more. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I think that I think that is the thing with any role playing game. I don't think the system is irrelevant really. Yeah. Whatever system you're using it all depends who you're playing with and what you who's running the game. Yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You're absolutely right. Whereas that's right. not the same with board games or miniatures games no. or war games, really. No. I think if you don't enjoy a specific type of board game, you're not going to like it whoever you're playing with. Yeah. But again, that's why like with Pathfinder, where I've never had any interest in playing Pathfinder, but because you're running it and it'll be with people I like and like my friends, Yeah. I'm I'm gonna do it because I know I'm gonna enjoy it no matter what. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a, that is a very, very good point to make that it depends entirely on what's happening around you. And I think yeah. it's you've all got to kind of agree on how you want it to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like when I run this, I am gonna to say to people, look, I'm occasionally gonna fudge stuff. There'll be some roles yeah. you see, some roles you don't. And do you know what I mean? Uh, um, I think we'll try and head down that more sort of improv-y you know yes use this as a reference yeah. but if we want to playing it fast and loose with the rules which yeah i think any dm or games master or whatever yeah that is what you have to do i think oh totally yeah because yeah. even running any sort of game like role-playing game and doing it exactly to the rules you're not going to know every single rule especially a book the size of this pathfinder book it's no. huge um so like if you're going to run it exactly as it says in that book there's definitely going to be points where you go, hang on, let me look up. Oh, okay, jumping over the tables, you're going to do this, this, and that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas on the fight at the moment, you go, oh, I'll just make a dex tech. 
Do you know what I mean? Like that's... Well, in situations like that, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. there probably is a rule in this book somewhere for jumping yeah. over a yeah, table. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just a fucking dex check. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? It's a, I think it just depends how far you want to go with it. Yeah. But um, I like that there are systems in place for things like I was saying to you earlier, like fainting in combat. Yeah. So if you want to kind of do a false move and then a real attack, there is a system in that book that will tell really? you yeah, what yeah. that success will be like. Mm-hmm. And I think that's that's a cool thing. I think. Yeah, it makes sense. Um, when I was talking to someone the other day about how role playing games like that have changed quite a lot. Because mm. when I remember when I first started getting into them, the big thing was stuff like GURPS. You know what GURPS? Yeah. The generic universal yeah, yeah. role playing system That's where it, yeah, yeah, it yeah. was like a set of rules that you could use for anything. Yeah, you plug your own world into Yeah, and you it, buy yeah. these books, you can make anything, you buy these books. So it and it was very crunchy, lots of stuff. The book had lots of stuff in because it had to cover everything. Mm. And that, that was the big thing. And I think that Savage World sort of was in the, you know, like that same idea, yeah, but geared towards more like high adventure and a bit rules lighter. Yeah, but I think the games that I prefer now are role playing games that are made to like do one specific thing, like Tales of the Loop and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, it yeah, does, yeah. You couldn't well, that system is used for other things, but right? That game. The stuff they plug into that system only works for that. Yeah. Like another one I like to run is Slasher Flick. Have you ever played a game of Slasher Flick? No, you've written uh, expansions. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Whereas that system would not work for anything else. That, no. That system is geared towards just being like an emulation of 70, 70s and 80s slasher movies. Um, do not shit. Do, do not shit. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you couldn't run that system for it like a dungeon crawl. It would only be a dungeon crawl where you might shit yourself. I did that once in a game. Your character shot yourself. No, what? no. When I was, you actually? No, when yourself. I was DMing oh. a game. Like I think it's quite good to have someone in your party that's a bit of a Leroy Jenkins who will just okay, be yeah. like, "No, I'm just going to fucking do it." Yeah. And there was a character that wanted to eat something that was rotten, and they knew it was rotten. Yeah. So I was like, I, I said to them, "You, you can eat it." but I'm going to make you do a, con- uh, a constitution check afterwards. Yeah. So he ate it and failed a constitution check. So I said, right, you've now got food poisoning. So every however many rounds, you've got to roll another constitution check. And when you fail, you've shit yourself, <laughs> you're slowed, and you've got a minus two to AC. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you wouldn't, you wouldn't get that in like a miniatures game, would you? So that's, uh... No, but I think that's... The beauty of it. That is what I really like about yeah. it because it has those elements of playing something like a dead zone with more intense rules. Mm. But you've got a sense of character with it as well. Yeah. And everybody's trying to fulfil a role within the party. Yeah. You know? Yeah. What's your like go to class if you were to any sort of role playing game? If it's high fantasy, what what where would you what what's your favourite sort of class and race and things like that? Dwarf yeah. fighter. Dwarf fighter. Yeah. Standard. Yeah. Have you got like a name that you keep going back to? <laughs> the character I had in the Labyrinth Lord, ca- Labyrinth Lord campaign we did for a long time was called Warwick Samurai. Oh, you told me that before. <laughs> Named after the Wickerman. Wickerman? Yeah, yeah. The, the Wickerman. Wickerman. Yeah, the, the Wickerman. Wickerman. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Warwick Samurai. That's good. Yeah. So you like you, you like being the tank, right? Yeah, that's what yeah. I quite enjoy. Yeah. Yeah, which I think is probably if you're less, if you want less rules, fighters probably the probably one to go for. Fun, that, yeah. isn't it? Although Fifth Edition D and D, do you play a fighter in that? I do. Yeah. What level are you at? Oh, one. One. We've only done a few sessions. Oh, man, get some levels on there. Um, (laughs) Because the martial abilities, I think they're called. Have you looked into those? 
Uh, not really. Because they're cool. At higher levels, you get like extra little uh, abilities that yeah, you can yeah. use in combat, and you choo- choose. Well, I have like a few. A, my character has a few bit abilities. So you'll get more as you yeah, level yeah, yeah. up, and you can you you after a certain level, I think it might be fifth. Mm. You choose a particular school of combat. Yes. And then that dictates like uh, how you go about yeah. fighting. But there's mm. there's some cool stuff with that. I I I, I did a ranger fighter multi-class that uh, was a lot of fun to play yeah. see all this stuff it's totally to me a, a dwarf is a class you know what I mean there's like yeah, yeah. Specific, yeah and multi-classing and oh, but I loved all that I loved well, it. yeah well that's fair enough I think with black hack what I like about this is that in the core rules yeah you don't have any races it's just four classes to pick from mm-hmm. what are the classes uh fighter or warrior yeah um have a look, let's find them here. So you have Warrior, which mm-hmm. is your fighter. Yeah. You have Thief. Got have a tea leaf, haven't you? Yeah. Cleric. And Wizard. I mean, they're really the main ones, aren't they? Yeah. You've got a bare-breasted wizard. There's a bare-breasted wizard in this book. Drawn like a character from Gorillaz. Yeah, it does. Yeah. It has got a bit of a uh, Jamie Hewlett type yeah. vibe. It's a nice book. It's a lovely book. Yeah. Um, have you played this much? Have you? No, I'm going to run a one shot of it. Oh, first printing. That's a nice book, isn't it? It's cool, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, like when you compare this to something like even D and D, Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Like Wizard is one of the more complicated classes yeah. to play, and you know you have all the, like spell slots and prepared spells mm. and things like that that you have to sort of go through, but. There's so much crossover between these things, isn't it? Like just opening it on the spells page, you know, there are spells here that are in D and D, you know, charm, dimension door, power word. Yeah. That's cool. So the idea with this is you would play like a series of one shots, would you? No, you'd do that as a campaign. Well I would I like running one shots really, I don't know. Yeah. Really, yeah. I like an ongoing campaign. Yeah, it's just finding yeah. the time to do it. Well, that's the problem, isn't it? It all got a yeah. lot harder after I turned thirty. But yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think what the the trick to it is, if you're going to do a long running campaign, is you've got to manage it in a way where if one person can't make it, it's fine. Do you know what yes, I mean? And yeah, the idea yeah. is you, you need to have it like sort of jump in, jump yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I like there's storytelling elements of, of it. I like where you kind of you can play out a longer narrative. You know, over yeah, yeah. years sometimes people play these. Well, there was just say something about a long running like role play because I never played D and D when I was younger. No. It was always uh, Star Wars or Cyberpunk 2020, which is the year now. <laughs> <laughs> where's or, your robot arm? Yeah, where's my... Uh, and, you know, stuff like that. We used to do a lot more sci-fi yeah. than we did fantasy. But again, our um, uh, like Cyberpunk game, we used to just play that like, pretty much every night after school. And we just like, oh, you know, it was just went on for ages. Oh, man, I envy that. Because I, I didn't really, I didn't start doing it until I was like... 28 I think mm. the first time I played role playing games and you're already getting towards the point where you're having trouble fitting it in around your <laughs> life like the, the idea of playing it at a time when you could just do it every day yeah yeah Jesus Christ yeah. would you always have the same DM yeah pretty much or with some DM we'd sometimes like switch around doing like yeah. different games or if someone had an idea and yeah I'm hoping after a while, with if we do like a campaign for Pathfinder, that someone else can step in as DM because yeah. I, I like playing as um, yeah, almost you know at least as much as I like DM. Well, I want to do a few like little one shots and stuff of different systems just yeah. because 
the Ash and his friend Carl, is it? Yeah. Who wants to play that? They're very adamant on playing Pathfinder, aren't yeah, they? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I want to sort of show them like stuff that isn't fantasy, even stuff that's like. Yeah, I, th- I think a decent transition from Pathfinder would probably be to D and D. Yeah, because it's a similar sort of setup. But is it too it? similar? No, um, I think there are some core differences, and I think going from the new edition of Pathfinder to the fifth, fifth edition of D and D, you're already starting to lose some of that complexity. So yeah. I think going that way, and then going from D and D to something yeah. even lighter, I think would yeah. probably be a, a good transition. But I, I enjoy this stuff. Like I enjoy looking at a class and thinking, right, well, if I level up, then I'm going to get this ability or when I want to get to level five I'll be able to take this feat and then I'm gonna put my stats into this and yeah. you know I that like picture that. there that's basically what I want my character to be. <clears throat> that's a dwarven ranger. Oh is it? Yeah you he's get got a crossbow and he was... You want the twin axes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then it's really fun. Like it's you know, again you look at something like that and you go, right, I wanna be that character. I want to have an axe in each hand and it's like, yeah. okay, right, I'm gonna to need to take the twin takedown feat at level one <laughs> right, yes, and then I'm gonna have to yeah, make sure I have yeah. uh, finesse it's weapons. So much and, like it's so yeah. um, granular is that word? Is that Modular, I think I would call it but granular yeah I see what you're saying it's the intricacies of everything but you know the fact that it makes space for all this like have you ever played a monk character no so monks are like you know Shaolin monks you know it's all about hand to hand combat and you know you could basically take a monk from D&D and turn it into almost a Jedi type character you know there's loads of cool stuff in it um but yeah, a oh, nice book. It is lovely, but the books are sort of part of the fun, aren't they? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Have you watched that Eye of the Beholder documentory yet? About no. The art of D and D. Oh, that's. There's the, the um, book that came out recently as well, wasn't there? The, um... Oh yeah, I think I saw that. It's quite expensive though, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. But it's, but it's but nice. The deck, the documentary goes for art covers art from day one to modern day. Wow. Yeah. Uh, it's really that's yeah. really really nice. Um, I'll tell you what I picked up recently as well. Mm-hmm. So around Christmas, I bought my nephew uh, Young Adventurer's Guides. Oh, yeah, they, they look really good. They're really good. They're really, yeah. really good. So I got him the Heroes one, which is basically like the player's handbook, and the uh, Creatures one, which is like a monster manual. Yeah. So it's versions of those things designed for kids of around you know yeah, yeah. 6 to 10, something like that. And it's a really nice way of... Because there's no role play elements in the book whatsoever. Yeah. It just goes through, well, these are your characters, this is how you might make them. It just them. explains it. Yeah. yeah, and then the idea is that the kids would create those characters and then just go out in the garden play. and play, you know, yeah, and I, I really like that, perfect. you know. Um, and I, I think now he's really interested in it, so I'm going to try and do a very simplified version yeah. of it, maybe using Lego and stuff like that, yeah, just yeah. to introduce him to like a D20 and things like that. But it's, um, when I was growing up, no one I knew was were play was playing role playing games. I don't think I knew a single yeah. person who did it. I knew a few people that played Warhammer. Yeah. And I did that. I think Warhammer but... was especially for our way, our age, Warhammer was uh, much more popular when we yeah. were like young. Yeah, there was a time when like all my mates were doing it. Yeah. You know? So yeah. many people I know from just, you know, people on Facebook or whatever, I'll Occasionally, like I'll post a picture of a miniature I painted, and I'll be like, "Oh yeah, I used to do this as I was a yeah. kid." Like so many people. Yeah. Well, they'll say, "Oh, I've got loads of Warhammer stuff in my loft." Like, oh, I don't know, I've sort of been out there for years. Yeah. You know, so many people w- were into it. It was a big thing for yeah our generation, yeah. wasn't it? But yeah, the role play stuff just wasn't around. Well, I think Warhammer was much more popular over here, and Dungeon Dragons was much more popular in the in America. That makes sense. Yeah. 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 I've, yeah I'm very envious of people that had it at a younger age, like yeah. when you watch Stranger Things. Yeah. Is it the most recent series of that where Will just wants to play and do yeah, 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 and the yeah, other yeah. boys don't? And it's, yeah. Yeah, 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 just play 
fading and you've got so much time to have relationships just while you still can roll them dice <laughs> have you ever listened to things like Critical Role and stuff like that no or? no not really no. it's never sort of these big actual play things don't really appeal to no, me no like, there's uh, a bit too much of it for me like yeah. you know I wouldn't know where to start and yeah if you start from the beginning you've got years of stuff to yeah. catch up on you know I think that's a problem with um, Dungeons and Dragons in general there's a lot of it yeah and I think to, that's why I got a quite like Pathfinder this book is because that's all you need to play right you don't need a monster manual and a game mm. Oh. You, need, you need a bestiary because I bought that has that got a bestiary in it no there's no beasts in this there's no monsters in it whatsoever and mm. I, I bought it I asked someone yeah. last week I was like well how many books do you need to play Pathfinder yeah. and they said oh you only need the one yeah you only need the one if you don't want any fucking monsters but like yeah. there's not a single this is basically a player's handbook ah, see, um, that's, now that's... a GM's guide I feel like I can live without a GM's yeah. guide because if I've got this yeah I don't really think I, I need that book, but you need a beastry, definitely. Yeah. Bestery, beastry, best, best, You need a book of monsters. You need that. Book of so I'm, I'm going to have to invest in one of them at, at some point. But um, I think first few sessions, I'm not going to need like you know. I'll just look up what an orc is, you know, and then that, then we're yeah. fine, aren't we? You know, but um, yeah, you need a set, don't you? And it's so expensive, and that's the thing. Whereas that's why, yeah, and that's why I'm being misled by that book. Because it says core rulebook, it doesn't say. Well, that's you know you look at that, core, and yeah. yeah, you would assume right. I don't need anything else. Whereas, but, yeah. um, again, the example I've got in my hand is that that is everything you need to play. In that. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, it's not as good, but the beauty of it, it's that is just like a um, like a little toolbox that you can add and take away anything you want for that. Yeah. So you can yeah. add as much crunch into that as you want. Yeah. And that's again. That's the sort of it's the other way around. Is that Pathfinder book? You can take out as much of that as you want. Exactly. So I mean, just for people listening, Pathfinder is the core rule book is six hundred and thirty-eight pages long, and the Black Hack is A five, a hundred and twenty-four pages. Where is Pathfinder? And the last bit is that appendices, and a lot of these are random, like treasure tables. Um, and there's monsters in here. Look, weirdo monster generator. You can generate your own monsters. That's pretty cool. Uh, vampires, void spawn, toad men, trolls. So for Pathfinder, 124 pages takes you into the third class. I think. <laughs> yeah, maybe yeah, fourth. Yeah. The fourth class. So not well, how long classes. are the things that explain classes in that? They're quite long. Uh, what, what should we compare? Like for like fighters, we'll probably fighter, the best yeah, one. So the warrior yeah. in this. So fighter. There we go. Fighter is um, that's Ranger. So Fighter <laughs> is a total of twelve pages. Um, the Warrior in Black Hack is one A five page. <laughs> <laughs> but again, like I think, what I like about this level of detail is that ability to. Plan ahead. And like but you can do. But I always think you can do that with this. But yeah, you, you can, can do whatever you want with it. I can say my fighter is anything, literally anything. I like a boundary. I like yeah. things to be within boundaries. Like you know, you think about a really well crafted puzzle game. Yeah. You know, your elements are there and you know what you can do, but you've just got to figure out how you're going to do it. Yeah. And that's why I like things like this because mm. I think about them like problem solving and okay, yeah, yeah. and 
you know, strategy. But this has got like nice little prompts in it. So uh, when you uh, make your uh, character, you uh, there's a thing where you can roll to see what you, the war trophy you have. So it just gives you a little item. That's so, quite cool. So you can pick, and so you can roll on a d6. And the example, if you roll a four, it's ears from a goblin tribe. <laughs> so that it already like it sort of prompts an idea of what your character can be. Well, at least does that look? You've got sort of examples, so you could have like a bully, oh, yeah. a fighter that's a bully, a fighter that's a duelist, an archer. So it sort of it gives you suggestions yeah, yeah. of things, but uh, yeah, there's no goblin ears because goblin is a playable race. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. he wouldn't be very popular. I don't think. A dragon tooth pendant, and then the thief has a lucky has a lucky charm table. So a fish hook made of gold is one of those. A, a locket with a portrait that's quite evocative. A holy symbol for a cleric, so it could be a flaming brass hammer, an or- ornately engraved crescent, and the wizard has a familiar. So it could be a six-inch tall moon-fi- moon-faced man, <laughs> spellbook with a spellbook with legs and a tail, nice, a three or a three-eyed hummingbird, small swarm of ladybugs, a toad with human legs. <laughs> So this is just a luminescent crab. Right? Yeah, that's just the role we Luminous just Luminescent like... crab. Yeah, yeah. Nice. <laughs> so um, I'll go to the familiar section of Pathfinder. <laughs> so the familiar section is... Oh, look at that. Two, a little cat four, with wings. Five pages. Yeah, I don't know what that is, but he's kind of awesome. It's, yeah, a cat with wings. That's exactly yeah. what it is. So animal companions. So you can either have an annual... An animal, any class can yeah. have an animal companion. I think rangers are probably the best suited to it. But then any of these could also be a familiar for a wizard. Um, uh, your companion is a dromaeosaur, also called a raptor, such <laughs> as a velociraptor or Dionychorus. Uh, your raptor can constantly dance into darts into flanking position. Which I thought it was regularly dance. <laughs> you can make dance, it dance, dance I guess. Yeah. Uh, until the start of your next turn, it counts as being in its space or in empty space. So stuff like that is quite yeah. handy. Um, when I was playing years ago, the last time I DM'd, one of the characters had a familiar that was a severed hand. Oh, that's cool. They yeah, hacked yeah, it yeah. off a zombie. They were yeah, yeah. they were a sorcerer. Yeah, yeah. But again, you know, like you were saying, you don't have to go with what's yeah, exactly, written here. Yeah, yeah. You could go, right, okay, I want this as my companion. What here, I want an owl. What best suits an owl? I'll go for that. You know what yeah. I mean? And like, you, you can homebrew as much of this as you want, you know. But having it, uh, having a place to start from, I find really useful. Yeah, yeah. They're doing lots of like sort of licensed games and stuff and like role playing games. Like, my girlfriend recently got the Alien RPG. Oh, which looks really good, which uses the same base mechanic as Tales from the Loop. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, but like, what would be your like dream? Like film or comic or uh, so to anything to be a uh, role playing game. I'm struggling to think of one that doesn't already exist. That's um, it. There's got a lot of them. Yeah. I mean, like my favourite film series is Indiana Jones and the yeah, West End games. They did. Really, which, but I'd, I'd imagine that game is probably doesn't. They could do a game nowadays using like a more modern system. Yeah. That would really replicate. Indiana Jones really well I but think. then I don't know if that's good source material for a role playing no, game no because there's, anyway. there's plenty of sort of high adventure yeah um, pulp and you know uh, role playing games out there the thing about a role playing game is you want a party really don't you 
like an yeah. indie, indie as just one character or two like you'd have short well, I suppose you could or... do yeah you could do like a three player one with like Temple of Doom yeah yeah Temple of Doom would make a sweet role playing it would game, it would um, but I don't think it necessarily plugs into being a role playing game no yeah, I think you're right yeah. I think something like Firefly would yeah, be a, there is there is a Firefly yeah. role playing game I think that's probably quite enjoyable yeah something like well, that well Firefly is heavily inspired by the game Traveller is it? Yeah, which is like one of the original sort of science fiction role playing games. The setting, like sort of universe in Firefly, is very similar to Traveller, but with they've added a bit more like Wild West stuff into yeah, Firefly. Yeah, that's interesting. But I think anything like that where you've got sort of like an ensemble um, of people working yeah. together, I think that's probably well, a pretty good I watched a little while ago and I thought that could make a really good role playing game. <laughs> oh, The Running Man. Yeah, the yeah I can film. see that. That could make a really good role-playing game, wouldn't it? I can see it's that. It's almost like a dungeon crawl, isn't it? They've got yeah. to go from room to room. So uh, how do you go about designing a session? If you're if you're writing a dungeon for the Black Hack, how you're designing that, what, do you, how much what would do you, I do? How much do you plan ahead of time? I wouldn't how much plan you... much. Okay. Personally. If I was doing a dungeon crawl, I'd, I'd even maybe just improvise the whole dungeon randomly do it I've done that before yeah that is quite fun um, but I would probably just draw up a, a rough map yeah have a rough idea of what puzzles and monsters are in there and just let the players go in yeah and just see what happens yeah I think I, I yeah that's probably suits what I'm doing at the yeah. moment when I'm planning this session I think I'm, I am drawing up the map and yeah. I'm letting it happen quite organically so I'm just like right well they're going to come to yeah. a corner here and then but yeah, the puzzles are worked out and the beasts are worked out. What I have done in the past, particularly with puzzles, is I have um, just put a load of random crap in front of a door, yeah, yeah. like statues or whatever and this yeah, and that, yeah, yeah. and just gone, oh, well, there's, you know, you're faced with the door, these artifacts are around <laughs> you. And when the players feel like they've found a solution, I'll just be like, oh, and the door opens. Like, so I don't know what the solution is, but I'll let the players yeah, figure yeah, out yeah. for themselves or... Um, I quite like doing that. What I do a lot, or I have done a lot in the past, I'm not doing it for this session that I'm writing now, is I just base it on a story that already yeah, exists. Yeah. Like, Which I uh, think there's a lot to be said for that. Yeah. yeah. What I particularly like doing, I like using... Um, I'm quite a big fan of the Sherlock Holmes books. Mm. I like using some of the lesser-known short stories because they've got great twists in them, mm. but not many people would have heard of them. There was a yeah. good one I ran, a one-shot... Uh, that was based on a Sherlock Holmes story called The Society for Red-Headed Men. Oh, yeah. Which was basically like some guy comes to see Sherlock Holmes because uh, he was approached by this society for red-headed men as a red-headed man to join their society. And once a week for a month, he went to their offices in London and had to write letters to other red-headed men to join. And uh, then they just disappeared and he never heard from him again. He wanted to know why. And it turned out that his shop was next door to the bank so they were just getting him out of the way so they could tunnel through so I basically just rewrote that as the society for one old pacifist dwarves and did the same story <laughs> yeah yeah and so stuff like yeah, that is a lot you know I think well like I said look, when I'm playing a role playing game I want it to be like a film so I will just take things from films yeah I think I run a sort of savage world game. well I, what I quite like doing is turning so doing a dungeon crawl but in a different setting yeah so like the obvious one is like an abandoned spaceship, which is one I run with you, do you remember, for Savage Worlds, where it was like a load of like, it was basically aliens. Oh yeah, that was really good. Yeah, yeah, was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the idea was that 
there was like a warp portal or like a hyperspace portal. Yeah. With like something, there was a weird anomaly that was like sending monsters in. God, yeah. I think actually that's the first time I'd ever played a role playing game. Oh, really? I think that was before oh, really I started good. playing D&D, yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. Was, that was just the idea of doing a dungeon crawl but on a spaceship instead of a dungeon. Yeah. And I ran a game of Cyberpunk a few years ago, probably about like 12 years ago. Yeah. Um, which was to do a dungeon crawl but in a huge corporate skyscraper. Like Die Hard. Basically. Or The Raid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. This is before The Raid was out. <laughs> I copied me. No. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, but you think Dreads and The Raid, yeah. that is basically a dungeon crawl. Yeah, it is. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot to be said for that, isn't there? But I think they're, they're the key elements, aren't they? You've got to have them getting from A to B. Yeah. But then you just fill all the middles up with <laughs> obstacles. Yes, yes, stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, cool. I'm looking forward to getting back into this. I think. Yeah, I'm looking forward to playing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we'll try and have to get. Maybe we should record that as well. They seem quite, quite keen fun. on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, but they're just—they're so fucking long, aren't they? Like, if we recorded yeah. a session of Pathfinder, well, role playing games in general are just such a time drain. Oh, mate! But I love that. that yeah, yeah. When we were like heavy into playing D and D, we would do it at my place, and you'd start. We'd start after work, so we'd probably start playing at about seven thirty, and then it's midnight before yeah. you know where you yeah. are. You know, and it, yeah, we used to play until like one o'clock in the morning sometimes. You know. So, yeah. Oh, how I long for those days! <laughs> yeah, 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 we'll have to do a uh, like a weekend or something where we can just like play for hours. Maybe we should do that for maybe not for the first session, but like <laughs> you know, the price of an Airbnb. Yeah. There must be people that do that. You know, you chip in forty quid for a weekend yeah, yeah, each, yeah. and you just spend the whole time role playing. Get like snacks in. Yeah, yeah. A few board games as well, little mini games around the yeah, weekend. Yeah. Let's do it. Podcast it, put it out as series yeah. six. <laughs> cool. That was unreal. Yeah, that, uh, that was good. Yeah. Anything else you want to? Any other, any other business? Any other news? Um, no, I think I think I'm just a, well, I'm in the role playing headset now. I just yeah. want to uh, headset. That's not what headspace. Mindset. Mindset. Headspace. Mindspace. Yes, it minds my space. Yeah, me too. Yeah, There's something amazing about it, isn't there? Is it is a fun thing. Well, let's let's fuck off and role play. Then. Yeah, go on then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll yeah, be back for episode two. That was a soon. that was a bit like old school talking about nerdy stuff. Yeah, we went episode. proper that was good, back that. to our roots then. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. All right, Bye. thank you very much. Bye. Bye.